welcome to the Wealth and Purpose podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to my guest, Wendy. And Wendy Kaplan Carroll has been in my life for almost, I would say, the moment I started my business. How she popped into my world was at the time she was a director of a Constant Contacts marketing efforts, and I was a client, and I was going to their events, and I instantly fell in love with her. When I launched a conference probably 18 months later, two years later, she was at the top of my list of speakers to showcase on the first stage ever I created. Since then, she has gone on to do more amazing things. She is brilliant at helping small businesses master sales and marketing. She is just a natural. But the real reason I wanted her to be on the podcast today was because she embodies something that I believe gets so many women stuck in the world. And that's the feeling that I quote unquote started too late. Wendy has recreated herself over and over and over again through her life. And I want her to share with us and with you the mindset she uses to create success at all these stages in her business, including being a late bloomer in life. Oh, welcome, 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 Wendy. Hi, Patty. And of course, you have me practically in tears as as we often do when we talk to each other. So thank you for the kind and wonderful introduction. I'm so honored to be a part of this. Well, I am honored to have you here. I was drinking water. I thought you were going to go a little bit longer than that. No, no, no. (laughs) So um, I have so many questions I want to ask you, but I always start out with the question of, because this is a podcast about wealth and purpose, What is your definition of wealth? You know, it's so funny because, of course, I've been overthinking this and um, because I wanted to have like a sensational answer for you. And then it hit me yesterday when I was driving that wealth for me all happens when I let miracles in because I have a really hard time sort of letting go and just letting be. And I find, Patty, that when I let the miracles in, that's when I'm attracting all the wealth that's in my life. So again, wealth is when I let the universe guide me. And that's when I find that the opportunities show up, that the network shows up, that the friendship shows up. And, you know, therein also lies the financial opportunity as well. So it's it's just letting it in. That's when I feel the wealthiest. Hmm. I love that. So why do you consider yourself a late bloomer? Because that's not something I would say about you, but I know it's something you identify with. Totally. So when I was in, when I was a kid, I was super, super shy. I was the person that did not raise her hand in class. I was really insecure. And quite frankly, I'm not a hundred percent sure why, but it's true. However, when I got to college, I sort of became a little bit 
different. I began to raise my hand a little bit more and feel a little bit more comfortable with myself. And I just have always found that it takes me a little bit longer to sort of be doing the stuff that I see my um, my friends doing, so to speak, meaning I got married later in life. I had a child later in life. Like I always feel like I've I've started things a little behind what other people expect you to be doing and I'm embracing that now. My career, I've had a great career, but I didn't find financial rewards and success until I gained some confidence like in my later 30s, right? Where you know, where I saw a lot of my associates, they they they, they were um, achieving that success earlier on. Again, I, I just had to step into that and, and sort of trust in the universe, which came to me as a late bloomer. Um, I didn't find love in life until my early 40s when I really began to feel more comfortable with myself. And I attracted um, my husband to me like I, I was... I was, I'm not going to quite, well, I was, what the heck? I got married. I was 42 years old, right? So a late bloomer. And then I became a mommy when my friends were literally, you know, their kids were in middle school and high school. I became a mommy. So I became a mommy at 48 years old. So I, you know, I always laugh. I'm like, I'm the oldest mom in my daughter's class, but I really am embracing this concept of it's just never too late. So I'm in my, you know, 50s now. And I'm, you know, I have a 13-year-old child. Um, I've been married for less time than a whole, you know, my first marriage has been less time than, you know, most of my friends. But it's really okay because it took me time to really understand that, I can manifest greatness for myself and really be who I want to be. It just took me a little bit longer. I'm sure you've seen like benefits to that. So what do you think the advantages have been to you of starting quote unquote late? So I think, well, it's really interesting. There, There's the old adage that older moms have more patience. Yes, that is true in certain ways. Um, so I, I, so I think that as an older mom, I have more experience that I can offer my child. Now, you and I know that it doesn't necessarily mean she's going to accept all that experience, but I feel like I have a lot of lessons that maybe as a younger parent, I wouldn't have had. So I think that that's been an advantage. And I know in my marriage, being a a woman who married later in life, it is totally fine that we don't go out on a Friday or Saturday night because you know what, Patty, I did all that in my 20s and 30s. Like I find that nesting, I'm very, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. And I just feel very content knowing that I've had a lot of great experiences as a single woman. And now as a married woman, I can relax a little bit. Not to say, you know, that I don't enjoy a nice night out with my husband, but it's it's like I, I don't have this frantic need to be doing I, I, I can enjoy my home and, and nest, so to speak. Mm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? I never really actually thought of it myself until you asked that question. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, maybe because I partied so hard in my 20s, I had the same experience once I was married. But Yeah, right? <laughs> that I think is is important to understand. So 
And you know what, Kim, let me just add something also to that. Also, I'm much more confident. So, and I'm sure my husband wouldn't mind me sharing that, like, you know, I have always been the breadwinner in our family, and he's really been very supportive of my career and my endeavors and helping me out. And I think entering marriage in that way has given me a whole lot of security to know that, like, I'm in control of my own destiny right? Um, I, I manage the books, so to speak. I can make a lot of the decisions along with my husband, but it, I feel really confident and proud of that. Um, you know, the, the mortgage can can be in my name. The car loan can be in my name. And a lot of women don't have that, you know, opportunity. And I would say to that it is not just they don't have the opportunity because I think everyone has the opportunity. They didn't. They're not making that choice. Maybe right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And, and or if they're in a marriage early on, I know I've seen this with a lot of my clients that reach a certain level of success that end up in divorce because that that power paradigm was not comfortable to their partner. Right. Right. I think watching you and your husband, what I see is just two people who were fully baked when they came together. Exactly. And he was comfortable with himself enough to go, oh boy, I'm marrying this woman who has a, you know, has a strong personality, number one, but also is very independent and um, can make a lot of the choices in our family and we're going to really be equals. So yeah, I'm very fortunate in that. So I have a curiosity. What is the red thread? So my daughter um, came to me through love. Not, I say she came out of my heart, not out of my uterus. Um, I adopted my daughter. Um, She was born in Taiwan. And through the adoption process, um, there's a Chinese proverb that says the red thread connects people no matter place, time, or circumstance. And that was just, that w- that's what carried me through like this. It took me three years to adopt my daughter, by the way. The process was really long. And that red thread just carried my husband and I kind of through this process. It was like, this true belief that we were going to be connected with the right soul who was meant to be in our family. So I look at my entire life and that red thread is so true. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this Patty about me, but my husband and I met online when people weren't necessarily dating online. This was 2001 and my husband was in Australia. So the red thread somehow connected me through the internet to this man in Australia. And I found my soulmate. And um, then the red thread connected us to Taiwan, where we are blessed to, you know, have found our daughter. So uh, the red thread is, you know, connecting me to so many opportunities and people. And I just, I just love that thought. It just is a, it, it just, I don't know. I feel very blessed to have been blessed by the red thread. That is awesome because I think that goes, first of all, no, I didn't know that's how you guys met, and um, which is so interesting. And we lied about it too for years because nobody was dating online at the time. It was embarrassing. But you're telling the truth now. Oh, yes. It's all out there. But I think what I love about that so much about especially why I wanted you on the podcast is that we have 
every person has limiting beliefs, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're free of them completely, then God bless you. Come let me know so I can have you on the podcast. But we all have limiting beliefs. And one of the limiting beliefs, like I said earlier, when I introduced you is that, you know, I started too late or there's something in the way. And what I have seen is that there is a divine design to certain aspects of their li- of our lives. We have free will, but there's also contracts we've made, including, you know, the contracts to the human beings in our life, but also the contracts to our businesses or the the projects we are meant to create in the world. And that red thread concept I think speaks to that as well. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I look at my career and where it's taken me and the shifts that the red thread has taken me and the connections with, you know, one position I've held to another position and, you know, the network of people that I've met that brought me to that. And the red thread is all over our lives, not just personal. It's definitely professional as well. I wish I personally, and one of the reasons I really want to share this is I hope that there's somebody out there that's listening that is sort of feeling like something is not going to happen for them. And I just want them to believe that it will. It may not happen when you think it should happen, but it's going to happen. And just really keep the faith because that red thread exists. It's going to connect you to those opportunities. And the universe truly, really does have your back. And and that's when the wealth and the opportunity is going to flow for you when you can really believe that. So, you know, you had talked about your definition of wealth is allowing and letting the miracles in. And I think why one of the real important messages I wanted to get out into the world, one that I was, I'm was i studying at the same time that I'm offering these interviews is that for so long, the at least the Western mentality of money and wealth was mostly around income, you know, or, or physical money and that pursuing money without actually taking into account all the other pieces of the puzzle might leave you with a big bank account. But if you don't have the full experience of being human, whatever that is for you, you won't feel wealthy. And I would imagine that in the journey to adopt your daughter, that there were moments where you had to be in such a state of surrender and faith that it probably put you close to on your knees. And I'm, I'm just curious what that journey was like for you to create something that was so in, cause I know you was your motherhood and, and having your daughter in your life and you two are so connected to having faith that that was there waiting for you in the future and to embody and embrace that in your and yet not have it be present yet in your world. It was quite the journey. Um, We always used to say the waiting is the hardest part, and it really, really was. And the whole journey, I mean, it started off where I was adopting a child from China, and it was going to take a year. And then a year into the wait, we were told, "Ah, it could be another six to, you know, 12 months. And I was, you know, it was two years in and all of a sudden I, you know, we're getting older and, um, there was a woman I worked with and she pulled me aside and she said to me, Wendy, 
you are going to be a mother by the end of this year. You have to believe. And I just looked at her and I said, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. She said, Wendy, you have to believe. So I breathed, I prayed, and literally like two months later, I got a phone call from the adoption agency and they said, you know, Wendy, we're pioneering a program in Taiwan and um, we'd like to know if you and your husband would be interested in maybe applying for a child in a Taiwan. It would not be an infant. It would be an older child, you know, a toddler. Would you be interested? And we we right away said, uh, yes. And Patty, on 8808... 8808, the luckiest day in the Chinese culture, I got my referral to my daughter. And this was after, you know, almost three years. And we we got to meet her. We flew to Taiwan in November of that year. And then nine months later, I was able to bring her home. But it really, it did take a lot of prayer. I kept myself really active in the adoption community. I started a parents group. I was I was hosting events for waiting parents. I was cheering on as referrals for other children were coming. And it was just, it was really about believing it was going to happen. And that I deserved for it to happen. And this is also something interesting. My daughter's Chinese name in in the pinyin is uh, seven letters with a hyphen in the middle. And so is her, you know, her English name. And that was total coincidence. Like there was just so many beautiful coincidences around this child when I finally put her in my arms and, you know, she's mine through and through. It's the biggest blessing in my life. So how has becoming a mother changed you since you did have such a significant life experience before you were a mother? Yeah. It's been interesting because I was a great auntie. Like I had three nieces who I was like the most amazing aunt, I think. And then suddenly I was a mommy and it's, I couldn't be an aunt. It was a different experience, right? Like it's, it took me a little time, time to realize, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not the fun aunt that can give my kid donuts all the time. Right. So being a mom has made me really focused on being more successful, being a role model to her. And she's teaching me a whole lot about myself She's teaching me to let her guide me. And you've helped me understand that as well. But that's been a really big shift because I try to control situations. I'm total type A. And being a mom, it's it's about allowing this being to become who she's supposed to be. And that is the biggest life lesson I'm learning. And it's making me a better person. And I And I want to thank you because you've helped guide me through that process as well she filled that hole in my heart. I mean, for sure. And that's, you know, you hear about the hole in the heart, but I had a big empty hole and this child um, has made me whole. Um, She's made me want to fight to make this world a better place and just to be a better person and be more responsible. And also I think I become more aggressive because I just want to do what's right by her. Yeah. You know, um, I want to speak to something And hey, if you don't want me to end up saying this, I can just have the producer edit it out. But something did happen. You said I helped you with this. But the reality is your daughter actually helped you with this. 
So can I can I share what happened? Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, we could we could just edit this out. Well, no, let's go. It's okay. So I'm not going to share any details. No, no. But I will tell. I think it's important because I've seen this happening with 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 more and more right now this year. At least is that things where we're struggling struggling with interrelationship stuff is the person that can help us, in this case your daughter, a future version of that person comes to us and gives us advice. And I've seen it happen in my own life and I've seen it with other people. And I think I, I thank you for for saying I helped you with it, but I really think it was your daughter coming forward from her future self and telling you what she most thought you needed to hear. And I think that is what actually created that shift. Do you agree? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's a, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm watching, you know, I had this idea of, um, every mother has an idea of what she wants for her child. And I want my kid to experience things that I didn't experience. Like I was never the athlete at all. So I wanted my kid to be on the sports teams. Guess what? She could care less. She, and she's, she's a really good athlete. So I was pushing her in a direction she did not want. You know, I was potentially pushing friendships that maybe weren't the right friendships for her. And I've just sort of, I'm letting go. And the wealth, by the way, is coming in, right? I'm letting go because I'm letting my child be. And I'm watching her develop her own friendships and her own interests. And it really is a beautiful thing that Leah is teaching me. Um, and, and I thank her for that. I love that. I um I wish one of my kids would come from the future and give me some <laughs> advice because I feel like I need that sometimes. And to that point, you know, something you said actually brought up something for me. I um you know, I was I was a really hardcore conservative Republican when I was younger. And most people find that shocking, but um I was about to say, "What?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, hardcore, hardcore. And I had loosened up a lot and, and kind of moved to the middle, but definitely Republican right up until my children were born. And, you know, we've just crossed over the anniversary of 9-11. So it's still really present for me. And my daughter's reading a book about 9-11. And something that, that shifted dramatically for me with my kids is, you know, when 9-11 happened, I didn't have children and I was hardcore let's go in and bomb everyone and and you know just had these really terrible belief systems that I'm you know that are as hard for me to wrap my head around at this point but later on after my son was born the year after my son was born it somehow a um, news reporter grabbed me at a I think it was a memorial service and said you know with my son in my arms what had shifted for me and, you know, or did I still have the same beliefs about 9-11? And I guess this was five years after it. And I realized holding him in my arms that I could never have held the beliefs that I did about, you know, sending bombs into another country once I became a mother. Like it just shifts your understanding, or at least did for me, about what it means to be human. And I'm curious if that's something you experienced? Well, I've always been, I've, ne I think I've always been more of a pacifist, right? So 
9-11, though, shifted my entire story, actually. I'm actually glad that this came up. So I was around the corner from the trade centers when the towers fell. And um, I, I was a mile away. Like I was literally at the Brooklyn Bridge when Tower One went down as I was escaping downtown Manhattan. And I don't remember anything from then till when I got up to the Upper East Side before I crossed over to the West Side. Um, I went back downtown 10 days later because my office, Wall Street, opens, and we were all going back to work. And I remember being on that subway train, and the it's still, you know, we remember how the smoke was still smelling, and there were armed soldiers everywhere. And um, a photographer stopped me, and she said, may I take your picture? And I said, for what? And she said, well, we're just documenting people going back to work. So I posed looking horrible, and um, come to find out that this photograph ends up in this exhibit. It was like, I think it was called Faces of New York. And it, it it traveled the world. It's a book. And my picture is documented in this. I think you've seen it, Patty, because I posted on 9-11. But the poignant thing about this photograph is I, I was able to connect with the photographer years later. And I asked her, like, what's the name of this photograph? And it's called Still Standing. And I was I was like, wow, what an amazing, you know, I mean, I what an amazing document in history. Still standing. Three months after 9-11, I went to um, a, a, um, a weekend, um, like a, what's it called? Like a, just a retreat, a spiritual retreat. And I stood up and I said, I want, I deserve to be loved because I realized after 9-11, I was reading every day in the New York Times, like the, the the profiles of all the wonderful souls that we lost. And they all had these beautiful legacies and families. And I felt like, what would I have left this world? I, I None of my dreams had come true. And that drove me to stand up at this workshop and say, I deserve love. I met my husband literally a month later and then our romance. And it was, it was almost like it, it just spiraled me into manifesting all those dreams that I knew I deserved. And I'm still standing. Right. And I just think it, it, it's just, I'm very blessed to have had that all happen to me, to be honest. And it made me stronger. It made me stronger and catapulted me into the rest of my life. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that connection between the timing of those things. And I think even going back to the original point of, you know, what I, originally wanted to talk to you about of you know embracing timelines for being malleable and and just that you don't get attached to something happening when it when you think it's supposed to happen that it has its timing and it's okay no matter how old you are to have dreams and to go after them and i think to your point is anything can change us Anything can shift us and it can become the most horrible thing in our lives or it can become the catalyst for what we do next. A hundred percent. And I also, you know, I, I do want to impress upon folks, especially women who are of a certain age and men, I shouldn't say that, but 
you know, when you look at folks that are over, I hate that word folks because it sounds old, but when you look at people, I never say folks. When you look at people. I know. I never heard you. I'm like, who is this person and why is she talking about folks? Yeah, I don't say folks, but when you look at like this generation of us that are over 50, we're still, I mean, I still have a young kid. I still am vibrant. I still am listening to, you know, pop music, whatever. I still have dreams and ambitions and a lot of experience that I can help somebody really, really build a company, really build an idea. And we can't feel old because we're not. Like 50 is I'm going to go and say this, 60 is the new 35. And it's true. We're aging differently. And I just, you know, I love being a late bloomer because I feel like the best is still yet to come for me in so many ways. I have experience. I have cried a lot. I have laughed a lot. I just hope somebody out there, I can I, I can help you realize that the best is yet to come and we can't put age limits on things. I'm, you know, I'm laughing right now because I'm looking at this sign in my office and it's a quote by Cinderella. And it basically says, one shoe can change your life. And it's really, really true. We have so much opportunity and I don't want people to limit themselves because they feel like they're a certain age and something can happen because they're too old. You can get married over the age of 40. You can have a child over the age of 45. You can start a business when you're 60. You can start a new career with a company when you're 57 years old. There's no limits on us anymore. And we need to embrace that. When we sort of fall into this trap of talking ourselves into, I'm too old, it's never going to happen. That's exactly what's going, you are going to have that exact thing, same thing happen. So like embrace who you are, embrace your age, embrace your experience, embrace your tears, because that belief in yourself and the belief that there's no time frame is really going to change your, your life. I love that. I love that. And um, you know, I will, we didn't really talk about your business. I know you have a super powerful job. And then you have this boutique firm where you work with one client at a time on their marketing and sales strategy. So um, if any of you are listening to Wendy and thinking she might be the person you need, we're gonna put a link to her business, Coachativity, in the show notes. Wendy, where would you like people to find you? And then I have one last question for you. Find me on LinkedIn. I have a big LinkedIn network um, and love to connect and uh, share opportunities. I'm all about partnering and opportunities and idea development. So please, please find me there. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well. So my last question for you, well, I have two last questions. The first is, what do you believe at this point in your life is your purpose? So I'll start there. Oh, I think my purpose is, <laughs> wow, is to, I, I, I want to help people do great stuff. And I, I really do think that my, that my purpose is to help businesses blossom and bloom um, and to help, to help people individually feel that they can do and achieve and be who they believe they can be. Ah, so good. So um, the last question is for those listening, what is the one piece of advice you would give someone who is pursuing wealth or wants to pursue wealth while living out their purpose? 
you are going to have days when you're going to disbelieve that something is going to happen. And I would say to embrace those days because they're going to eventually, very quickly, bring you into your purpose, if that makes sense. So embrace the challenges that you feel. You're going to learn from them and it's going to make you stronger and it's totally normal and natural. So don't think that Patty Lennon doesn't feel like that, or that Wendy Kaplan Carroll doesn't feel like that, or anyone that you deem successful. Everybody goes through feelings that um, they're not good enough, it's never going to happen, etc. Embrace it and get over it and, and move forward. Ah, oh, such good advice. Yeah. And if any of you listening are confused about how many bad days or bad moments I have, I'm clearly not doing a good job here. So I will work on that. Wendy, thank you so much for being here. I adore you. And I love you. I- and I'm so honored and and I truly am. Um, I love your podcast and to be part of this along, I mean, you have so many amazing guests. I, I'm just, I'm really honored and thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And everyone that is listening, right now, I want you to write down one thing you have told yourself you can't do because the timing is wrong, you're too old, you're not enough, you're something, some excuse you're telling yourself. I want you to write down what it is. I want you to cross off all your excuses, and I want you to go out and take your first step. And if you need some encouragement, I promise you, Wendy is one of the coolest chicks you can know. Go message her at LinkedIn. I promise you. I know her. She will get back to you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Patty. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found us. It fills my heart when I read a review and helps us reach many more people. So thank you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.